The VPM Daily Newscast is sponsored by Kanawa Capital Management. Your financial life is unique, complex, and dynamic. Kanawa Capital Management's team of credentialed professionals has been helping its clients build wealth and confidence through personalized planning and informed investing since 1989. Learn more at cancap.com. That's K-A-N-C-A-P.com. I'm Benjamin Dolly, and this is the VPM Daily Newscast. A Richmond judge said Tuesday the state had the right to take down the Robert E. Lee statue, but as Whitney Evans reports, residents who sued to keep the statue standing are expected to appeal in the next 30 days, so it will stay up for now. Richmond Circuit Court Judge W. Riley Marchant's ruling came down in favor of the state, in large part because the General Assembly passed a budget amendment during the special legislative session that directs the state to take it down. Virginia Attorney General Mark Herring represented the state. The judge agreed with our arguments that the statue was raised against a backdrop of white supremacy and that any rule that required that it stay up was against public policy. At the crux of the lawsuit is a 19th century deed gifting the statue to the state. That gift came with terms. The state had to protect and maintain the statue. But as Judge Marchant noted in the ruling, the Virginia Supreme Court holds that covenants written into deeds are unenforceable if they contradict public policy. Governor Ralph Northam called for the statue's removal in June as racial justice protests rocked Richmond and the rest of the nation. Whitney Evans, VPM News. The Republican Party of Virginia and a conservative advocacy group are challenging a new voting rule involving mail-in ballots. As Ben Pavier reports, a circuit court in Winchester is set to take up the case today. The lawsuit centers on a new state law. It says a mail-in ballot that is postmarked on or before Election Day should be counted if it arrives by noon on that Friday. In August, the State Board of Elections passed a new rule saying ballots missing a postmark should also be counted. Logan Churchwell is with the Conservative Public Interest Legal Foundation, which is arguing that only lawmakers have the power to make that change. If you're going to create another allowance, then they could have done so, but they did not. The law is very clear. Democratic Attorney General Mark Herring's office argues the extra guidance was necessary. They say the existing law is unclear on what to do in cases where a ballot is missing a postmark, and the new rules will help more people vote safely. Ben Pavier, VPM News. Virginia's election system mistakenly allowed some residents to apply for mail-in absentee ballots past last Friday's deadline. The error appears to be due to a computer glitch. State elections officials told the Virginian pilot that the applications are for future elections, not the upcoming election on November 3rd, but the website doesn't make that clear. Correction letters are being mailed out, and registrars are asking anyone who applied after Friday to show up in person to the polls. Another Republican is considering entering Virginia's crowded race for lieutenant governor. D.J. Jordan is a former journalist and congressional staffer who unsuccessfully ran for the House of Delegates last year. Jordan, who is black, previously told VPM that Republicans needed to do a better job winning over African-American voters. Four other Republicans and six Democrats have expressed interest in the position. Despite the pandemic, Richmond had a $19 million surplus in fiscal year 2020, which ended in June. As Roberta Roldan reports, Richmond City Council voted yesterday on how the surplus would be used. City Council and Mayor LeVar Stoney agreed to take $5 million off the top for funding the city employee retirement system. Finance officials say the system has been underfunded for years. Because of City Council policy, almost all of the surplus has to go into rainy day and maintenance reserves, leaving only $1.4 million available. Of that, City Council decided to put another $800,000 towards employee pensions. 
The rest will go into a pandemic contingency fund and a racial equity study. A final report on the city's 2020 budget is expected to be completed next month. Roberto Roldan, VPM News. Despite an uptick in COVID-19 cases, the last group of Chesterfield County students will be moving to hybrid instruction. As Ian Stewart reports, the decision came yesterday at a school board meeting. Health committee officials were split on beginning part-time in-person learning for grades 6 through 12. Spokesperson Nick Euler says they were able to justify the decision because the number of cases and positive tests fell so close to the line between moderate and low transmission risk. But school board member Catherine Haynes says the committee had adopted Virginia Department of Health guidelines. Those call for a pause in return to in-person classes when numbers reach the moderate category. I feel today that that decision is being reversed. Reversed, and I am struggling to understand um, the, the why of that. Students are slated to return to face-to-face classes on November 9th. But if numbers continue to trend upward, school superintendent Merv Doherty has said he supports students going back to all virtual learning. Ian Stewart, VPM News. On Tuesday, the Virginia Chamber of Commerce announced a partnership with the State Council of Higher Education to create more internships and apprenticeships for college students. The Virginia Talent and Opportunity Partnership seeks to encourage students to stay in the state for work after they graduate. During a virtual conference, Virginia State University President McCullough Abdullah praised the program's focus on paid internships. Internships are so very important for our students to really be prepared. Um, It's one of the critical ways uh, that they can learn about the workforce before they even graduate uh, from college. Abdullah says he hopes employers will continue to offer remote internships after the pandemic to benefit students who lack access to transportation. Colleges and universities in Virginia will receive an additional $116 million from the CARES Act to help cover expenses related to COVID-19. Because of the pandemic, schools across Virginia have had to significantly modify their programs. According to the governor's office, the previous round of relief funding wasn't enough to cover all pandemic-related costs like distance learning infrastructure and coronavirus testing. This additional funding will help with expenses through the end of December. Yesterday, Governor Ralph Northam said this money would help public institutions close COVID-related budget gaps and continue offering world-class education to their students. During this time, it can feel like the opposing political sides are so at odds no middle ground can be found. StoryCorps and VPM have teamed up to find that middle ground through One Small Step, a project that connects people across the political divide through the act of conversation. Dontrese Brown and Frank Surface began their conversation by defining their political values. We all have rights that are God-given, and the role of the government is to protect those rights. And I want to be, to the extent I can be, totally responsible for myself. If I'm successful or if I fail, I would appreciate a hand up, but not a hand out kind of thing. So my political values is equality across the board, where everyone has the same opportunity as the next person sitting or standing next to them. You said equal opportunity. What I hear from a lot of people, they say it's equal result. Well, yeah, in order to have a result, you have to have the opportunity. So I'm going to lean heavily into making sure that everyone has an equal opportunity to produce results. Okay. Who's been the most influential person in your life and what did you learn from them? It has to be my mother, a single parent. I don't know my dad. All the negative characteristics you can think of in the neighborhood I grew up, guns, drugs, and violence, I was surrounded with. My mother never let me believe I had to stay. 
She was a strong academic person, although she didn't graduate high school. When I graduated high school in 1991, my mother was working at the same time to get her GED, so we officially graduated with a high school degree at the same time. She had so much pride in me and really wanted to position me to do a lot of things. So Frank, I'm going to flip the question to you. Who has been the most influential person in your life and what did they teach you? <laughs> it wasn't my mom. No, it wasn't my dad. And I can't get over your story. <laughs> I appreciate that, Frank. I do. What I see is the worst kind of discrimination is the soft, tender voice of low expectations. Because if she had had low expectations, you wouldn't be there right now. No, you're absolutely right. I had a very and continue to have a very tenuous relationship with my mom. My dad passed away 25 years ago, and uh, he only hugged me one time. Uh, as soon as I graduated high school, I moved out, and I've been on my own ever since. I started doing my own laundry when I was probably 10 years old. I made my own meals from that point on. And when I got out of high school, I started working. I worked my way through college, paid my own way, and been paying my own way ever since. There were tons of opportunities for your expectations to be set low. There's tons of opportunities for you to just throw your hands up and give up, but you didn't. It's easier for me now to start to understand a bit more about Frank because I'm starting to understand a bit more about Frank. So I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. Is there anything about my beliefs that you don't agree with but still respect? You haven't said anything that I disagree with. I think where the disagreement may be is in the hows, not the whats. But if we agree on the whats, then we can figure out the hows. For more information about VPM's One Small Step, head to vpm.org slash one small step. All the stories you've heard can be found online at vpm.org slash news. This has been the VPM Daily Newscast. VPM. There are so many issues playing out in RVA. I mean, pretty much anyone will tell you. There's definitely a lot of poverty. Finding affordable housing. Traffic, public transportation. Climate change and heat islands. Trying to find childcare in Richmond area. I'm Rich Marr, host of a new VPM podcast called RVA's Got Issues. Listen to the podcast starting May 22nd. Do you have issues with RVA? Haven't found out yet. <laughs> okay, good. 